This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. It is Friday. No buzz. Even though he told everybody he'd be back today. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he told me that at least. But no worries. We got a big show lined up today. Disney is reopening. Is Disney World already reopened? Do they do that? Yeah. And then Disneyland is going to be reopening. Yeah, which makes sense because Florida is opening up at a faster pace than California has been. Florida's not scurdy or virus. Yeah. So we got lots of Disney talk today, Disneyland stuff, Splash Mountain. Does anybody else think that that was long overdue, that somebody's pointing that thing out? Even when I went on it this past December, my first thought was, this is still a ride? Yeah. Like, do kids even know what any of these characters are? I don't think so. If I'm being completely honest, the first time I got on Disneyland, on that ride, I mean, I didn't know what it was from. I only knew because I had a VHS tape when I was little, and it was a Disney sing-along, and it had Zippity Doodah on it, and I loved that song. I think that was the only time they ever released any part of that movie. Mm-hmm. It's never been released anywhere else. Although, if you jump on eBay, you can find like a bootleg copy of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll talk about some Disneyland stuff. Yes, coronavirus is still a thing. What? So, we have that coming up. Talk about your quarantine crew. Are you going to keep it the same, or are you going to look to expand it? A little bit. I'm going to upgrade. And what number would you expand it to? I mean, you're rocking with what? Four, five, six people right now? We have four. Push it to eight, maybe? And kick people out. I think one of the most baffling things, though, that I have seen over the last few days, maybe week or so, is people not realizing that... Uh, Rage Against the Machine is quite political. What? The whole time? Lisa, what machine were they raging against? Um, Ice Machine, maybe? Maybe they worked at a restaurant. Didn't work all the time. They're raging against that uh, McFlurry machine that's yeah. never on at the McDonald's? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll rage against that. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Our machine's broken. What? What's the point of having it? It's just taking up space. You know what? I'm going to Dairy Queen. I'm going to get a blizzard. Yeah, somehow people didn't realize or have not realized that Rage Against the Machine is a political band. It's my favorite. Good Lord. So we have, we'll, have, we'll get to that coming up. The dude from Mayhem technically died. Or, I'm sorry, not from Mayhem. The dude that is Mayhem. You guys know who I'm talking about, right? The Vulture. The Vulture from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So, he's the guy that's in the Allstate commercials. And (laughs) at one point, he technically died. So, we'll get to that coming up here. Lisa, what do we have coming up in news? 
Well, we're going to be talking about um, they have decided they will be moving the Republican convention. Uh, We had heard a little bit about this, the back and forth that was happening between the North Carolina governor and the president. President saying that, look, if you can't open up your facility at a 100 percent capacity and guarantee it, we're going to move. Um, So it turns out now they're going to have it in two different locations. Um, And the reason it has to be two is because they've already said that they will have a portion of it it's going to be uh going to be happening in north carolina because they've already signed some contracts but then the other half they're going to be moving to a different state hmm. joanna we're not technically doing like a one specific entertainment news mm-hmm. segment today because there's there's enough to talk about we're going to sprinkle it through the whole show but what's some of the stuff we have coming up in entertainment news well, we have the list of the first movies that are releasing in theaters after lockdown, and it's still pretty a short list. How many would you say? Like three, I would say four? Like four, five. Interesting. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. When's the first release date? July 1st. Okay. And that's not Tenet, right? Because it Tenet is not was Tenet. July 11th Tenet or something like that. Tenet is July 17th. Oh, that's right. Because I know that that's the one theater that we have here in town. Yes, that that will be the first movie they'll be okay. showing. That's a new release. Um, there's one in here that I'm... Do I want to risk getting out of the movies for Ooh, this? What? Mulan. Oh, what day is it? July 24th. Let's do it. Damn, already. Oh. I thought but it was you coming out later we, in the year. Think about it. If we go to the very first showing... That's true. After the show. Never mind there's children that are out of school. No, yeah. Man, I didn't even school. think about that. We're going to have to go to the late show. No, there's kids still at school. How do we get rid of kids? <laughs> Is there an adult showing that we can go to? I say that every time I go to Disneyland. <laughs> Seriously. Just ruining it. Take your stroller and get the hell out of here. Speaking of Disneyland, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I also, I put up an article yesterday about Disneyland and some of the secrets. So some of the secrets are pretty well known at this point. One of the bigger ones being there's a basketball court inside the Matterhorn. It's uh, not a basketball court. Well, there's a hoop. Yeah, there's just a hoop. Because um, well, one of the one of the early rumors around that was you weren't allowed to build something that tall without it being a sporting venue, which was one of the strangest things on the planet. Which obviously is not true. Huh. It's really there for the workers to keep themselves occupied. But there is an actual hoop inside of. The Matterhorn, but there's a lot of other uh, secrets that they have inside the parks that I put up, one of which is the vast majority of American flags are not actual American flags inside the parks. They're all missing either a star or a stripe. They're off just slightly, so they don't have to abide by the American flag guidelines, such as uh, having them lit when it uh, went up at night and... um, having to go half-mast certain times. So that's that one of the things they didn't want to have to worry about was that. So they've they kind of changed that a little bit. So I got a whole article up about some of the other secrets they have in Disneyland. Also coming up in sports, the Houston Astros stealing scandal is back in the news because as of right now, we don't have a Major League Baseball season. At least it doesn't look like we're going to have one because they haven't come to an agreement yet. And... Alex Cora is talking, uh, speaking out about it because he was with the Astros and then he was also with the Red Sox. He was kind of, I don't want to say he was the man behind them stealing the signs, but it seemed to follow him wherever he went. And then also we're going to get another documentary like The Last Dance. Magic Johnson 
going to get the documentary treatment, and that's going to be premiering sometime coming up in 2021. So big Friday show lined up for you. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, we have some coronavirus updates that we're going to get to here because it is still a thing. Uh, Let's start with the good news here. Two college students in Los Angeles used their spring break to create a nonprofit called the FarmLink Project that helps farmers donate unsold food to food banks. The first donation was 11,000 eggs, and they picked them up in a rented truck. Now they've got a team of 2,000 people working for them. And they've donated over 2 million pounds of food. How can they be dumping 3.7 million gallons of milk every day? Well, you have lines at food banks that are sometimes miles long. We were like, how are we going to get this food? So we rented a truck, basically, and I drove it myself. Once we were successful at that, we realized this was something that we could do again. It was a repeatable process, and it wasn't as complicated as it seemed. Every farmer we've talked to has said the worst day in their life has been the day that they've had to plow under crops. So they're willing to do anything to get it out. They just need a little bit of financial help, you know, to pay the wages of their workers. Yeah, good for them. High school seniors all over the country are participating in drive-by and socially distanced graduations this weekend. Reuters posted a roundup of over 30 photos from events that have already happened. The healthcare industry recently added two new doctors to its ranks, a mother and daughter named Cynthia and Jasmine Kuji. Both graduated from medical school and they're doing their residencies at the same hospital in Louisiana. So imagine Aww. that. getting uh, Graduating Aww. from medical school and you're working with your mom. Would you be cool with that, Joanna? I mean, no. <laughs> Why? Work is my time away from my mom. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> and a nine-year-old kid in Kenya named Stephen Wamakota built an ingenious machine out of wood that le- that lets people in his village wash their hands without touching the sink. Hmm. There's a pedal you step on that tilts a jug of water. And last week you received an award from the president of Kenya. They do have those touchless, uh, or not touchless, but the ones where you just tap it with your hand. I oh, right, see the commercials right. for that a lot. Pfizer. Good for him, though. Uh, let's move on to some insanity. Apparently, I'm in big trouble. Scientists have found bald men may have a higher risk for severe coronavirus symptoms. Oh, no. It may be linked to testosterone, which causes hair loss and oh. makes a guy more susceptible to the virus. Coronavirus. More single people are now screening their potential dates for coronavirus before they get together. Basically, they're looking at how seriously the person has taken the quarantine is what they're doing. And even asking for a person's antibody results. We talked about that when it came to uh, some dating apps as well. People were starting to put their results on there. Putting the results, but also I've seen, I think it's, one of the dating apps, I can't remember, but they actually added something in there to say what you're doing. So if you're socially distant or if you're, you know, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. it, it's actually being included in the bio. I can't remember what they called it, but I saw an article about it the other day. 
But they added that in there so that if you are, you know, if you are socially distancing or if you are essential, so you're out in the public still, you can kind of look for someone who's on the same page as you. Hmm. Did you know that we apparently can't tell the difference between a sick cough and a healthy cough? <coughs> New study found that we can't tell the difference whether it's we're actually feeling sick or maybe you just got a tickle in your throat or I guess potentially even just allergies. Yo, anybody else got like bad allergies right now? It's been horrific. And then you thought, oh no. I remember this, this was a couple months ago when everything first started and my throat was getting really dry and it almost felt like those symptoms right before you get sick. But all of our doors were open because this was back before it was like 100 degrees during the day. So all the doors were open and then I noticed the wind was kicking up. It's kicking up all that dust. The second I closed the doors, I was fine. You know, that was it. I was like, dodge that bullet. All right, so I have another cough here for you. (coughs) Can you tell the difference between them? Nope. No. (coughs) Ugh, that one sounds grosser for some reason. The second one? Yeah. Well, it says here, this is a cough that was caused by a chili pepper. (coughs) So that would go under the not sick cough. However, this first one... That's the kind of cough that you need to be wary of because that's the one that causes the virus. (gasps) Coronavirus. Yeah, just anytime someone coughs, I'm like, Corona. I hear Cardi B. Coronavirus. Yeah. Two people at a Goodwill store in Florida got into a fight when one of them didn't follow the aisle arrows and went (laughs) the wrong way. Oh, Oh, Florida. And it's at a Goodwill store, too. So we're getting a double whammy here. A 29-year-old, 125-pound woman brawled with a 50-year-old, 220-pound man. They were both arrested for battery. And here's some other quick hits when it comes to the coronavirus. As the evidence piles up that coronavirus is still peaking in the United States, a new study found a way we could prevent a second wave. I'm going to give you one guess. What do you think could help us prevent a second wave? Socially distancing. No. Masks. Masks. Oh, masks. Oh, Joanna wasn't here yesterday. So do you remember the story about the... People who worked at the hair salon. Oh, right. The, the and the t- one salon or the one stylist didn't wear a mask and she like infected it. Well, no, 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 no. At this one, they were all wearing masks, but it oh. was like 140 people potentially could have been um, infected uh-huh. and not one person got it. Interesting because they were all wearing masks. They were all wearing masks, the workers and the customers. So they're saying masks work. Wear them. Yeah. People, wear them. Wear the mask. What says here, if there was 100% face mask use in the country, we could stop the spread. But of course, you're always going to get those contrarians out there who are going to complain. Well, I was told that you didn't need to wear a mask from the beginning. And this is all George Soros' fault trying to control us. Oh, by the way, I started watching that uh, Jeffrey Epstein documentary yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. Ugh. And the worst part was I dozed off like halfway through an episode. Uh-huh. So my dreams were warped by what the hell was going on there. Oh, no, oh, that's the worst. It was horrific. I have to tell you, though, 
falling asleep to an, a show like Community. Oh, mm-hmm. you have some of the best dreams, man. It's always interesting how it kind of seeps in, you know? Yeah, and then how sometimes you could kind of still hear it, yes. but you're already yes. dreaming. Unfortunately, that happened with me and Jeffrey oh, Epstein no. yesterday. It was horrific, man. I woke up. I felt so <laughs> uncomfortable. Ugh. My mom watched it, and every time she would finish, or she would like watch it in segments, and then she'd come out and she'd be like, oh, he totally didn't kill himself. And then she'd come out, oh, somebody else killed him. Right? And she's like, oh, and then he had a woman helping him the whole time. <laughs> Coming out with different updates. Yeah, man, it was. It's, it's not an easy watch. I mean, if you're looking for something kind of lighthearted and fun, do not watch that. I mean, I I probably shouldn't have to tell you that, but who? Uh, NBC NBC News also just released the results of a study on cell phone location data and found that people in more than 450 countries, I'm sorry, counties in the U.S. are basically back up to their pre-coronavirus gatherings. So a lot of people have just completely opened it back up. A new study found that 30 best Americans, the 30 best American cities to move to after the pandemic. It's based on factors that predict how fast they're going to recover. Not really sure I'd be willing to move to any of these. Springfield, Illinois, Jefferson City, Missouri, and Fargo, North Dakota. I don't know. Fargo sounds pretty cool. No, it sounds cold. It's cold. Joanna, you get cold in that room. You think you could survive Fargo? Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> I was not made for the cold. The stock market had its worst day since March yesterday over worries about the rising number of coronavirus cases in the country, especially in Arizona, which is running out of hospital beds. Yeah. 1.5 million new people filed unemployment claims last week as well. But that is the lowest number since the pandemic started, but still way above normal levels at this point. That's something we tried to stress a little bit yesterday. You're going to continue to hear coronavirus cases increasing. Well, yeah, that's going to happen because we're testing more people, right? Yeah. The more tests you have, the more positives you're going to get. That's just the way that it works. But the thing that you need to monitor is... The amount of people who are hospitalized. How many hospital beds do we have left? I believe there was a report out of Houston that said if this trend continues within two weeks, they're out of ICU beds. Yeah, I think they said that they're already starting to uh, get rid of elective surgeries again. Like they, we saw them do in other states. Like they're already starting to pull back on some of the things that they were, they were reopening, I guess. Right. By all means, don't wear a mask, though, folks. Let's look at your ugly mug all day. Steve Huffman, a Republican state senator in Ohio, he presented a theory at a hearing this week on why coronavirus is badly affecting the black community. Ready for this one? Okay. Okay. He said, quote, could it just be that African-Americans or the colored population do not wash their hands as well as other groups (gasps) or wear a mask or do not socially distance themselves? Congratulations, Steve Huffman. You're now that guy. Get the hell out. Right? And he has now been fired, by the way. From his day job. So he was a Republican state senator, but he had a, a day job to go along with that. He was an ER doctor. Emphasis on the was, was. part of uh, him being an ER doctor. 
All right, so there's your coronavirus update for today. By the way, just wear a mask. It's really not that difficult. Just cover up your face. Although Joanna was saying that as she was out yesterday, it is kind of difficult to see what's going on underneath those masks sometimes. Yeah, this is not the time to fall in love. <laughs> or you could be duped. You know, maybe you fall in love with the eyes, but everything that's down south is just nose is broken People and tilted nice in one eyes. direction. This is your moment. Yeah, this is your time to shine, baby. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Yeah, apparently a lot of people didn't realize that Rage Against the Machine is quite the uh, political band. What? This whole time? That can't be true. It's interesting because this was something that Jim and I talked on an episode of Rockstar 101 a couple of weeks ago about musicians and whether or not they should be political, use their platform. Mm. And I kind of came to the conclusion, like, yeah, if there's a band like Rage Against the Machine, I'm willing to listen to you because I know you know your stuff. You know, like you're not just yeah. jumping into the foray and just randomly saying, you know, whatever your gut reaction is. You've done your research. Yeah. Ah, so you get, uh, you've done your research, right? You've gone I, to the internet. I agree, but my, my reasoning is a little different. If someone is like a blatant racist or sexist or you know you find out that they're just not the person that you would hope someone you were giving your you're giving them money Mm -hmm. and that's the thing is that for me it's like okay let me know how you feel because i'll probably not go purchase your concert tickets or your band t-shirts or you know whatever it is if i i think it's a good thing people should be like i like the fact that system of a down they're all so different mm-hmm. because it's kind of like, okay, we're all coming together at this thing. And, you know, Serge and the drummer, John, they obviously have clearly different political views, but they were able to be in a band together. And, you know, you can still accept and appreciate it. But I, I think that they should absolutely be allowed to have a voice. Oh, I'm not saying whether or not they should be allowed to have a voice. I think they're absolutely allowed. It's whether or not I'm truly going to listen to them. Oh, well, I, when I say uh, they should be allowed, I say that because in my head I was thinking back. There's a band that in the past came out once, once with a political thing, and the record label shut them down and told them not to talk about politics anymore. And ever since then, this band hasn't discussed politics. Which band is that? I'm not going to say, oh. but they they've but they've kept it out of their band, and the reason why is because they're so successful and they make so much money, they don't want to potentially ruin that by becoming a political band. But I think as the times are continuing, there's going to come a point where they're going to have to have a, a stance because you do have a lot of these bands that are coming out here and saying things, and um, it's almost like if you're not taking a stance now. Win. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just, it's just, it seems odd that you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that was brought up. There's the Netflix documentary on Taylor Swift. And it had yep. to do with, I believe, her manager saying, don't take a stance here because we don't want to lose half of your fan base. Or yep. po- possibly even more because her with, starting in country um, or, or having the, you know the country albums, that's a, a bit of an issue there. But then she came out and she tweeted against Donald Trump and it was her most liked tweet of all time. Yeah. So I guess it's just kind of dependent on 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 what you believe and, and how heavily you believe in something. But Rage Against the Machine. What did you think the name meant? What's the machine? Were they raging against Burt Kreischer? Uh. 
ice machine? So the story goes... And the story that I found says here that it's always had a... Uh, Rage Against the Machine's music has always had a left-wing... Has always had a left-wing bent with much of their lyrics targeting corporate America, cultural imperialism, and government oppression. I would be careful on calling them left-wing. Yeah. Because remember, they've protested the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, before. Right. And I do. I even have a list of some of the, the most political things that Rage Against the Machine has done over the years. I would say they're more independent. I, libertarian. Yeah. I think is what I would go with. They're, just, they're kind of anti-government. Yeah. Well, now a number of right-wing conservative fans have only <laughs> realized the radical undercurrent of the music. One Twitter user <laughs> says, I used to be a fan until your political opinions come out. Music is my sanctuary, and the last thing I want to hear is political bull bleep when I'm listening to music. That dude really ain't listening to the music, apparently. Okay. Um, says here, as far as I'm concerned, you and Pink are completely done. Keep running your mouth and ruining your fan base. And Tom Morello, guitar player of Rage Against the Machine, for anybody out there who does not know that, responded with, Scott, I guess that's the person's name, what music of mine were you a fan of that didn't contain political BS? I need to know so I can delete it from the catalog. And then, of course, there's people who realize that Rage Against the Machine has been like this the whole time. One fan wrote, The people angrily denouncing Rage Against the Machine for Tom Morello's leftist politics is one of the more hilarious things I have ever seen on the internet. <laughs> what machine did you think they've been raging against for decades? The ice cream machine? The ATM? Yeah. Lawnmowers? Nice. Another one agreed, What machine did you think he was raging against? The dishwasher? <laughs> Someone else joked, Please, rage with the machine. Somebody else commented, some of those who work forces are the same that burn crosses. Hmm. And others are just literally <laughs> quoting lines from Rage Against the Machine songs. You know another band that's having the same issue, too? System of a Down? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Search Jenkins kind of went off earlier too, saying like, "Did these people never even think that BYOB is anti-bleeping imperialist? Maybe." Yeah. They all, why do they always send the poor? I, I, he's like, right. "Have you not listened to a bleeping word in twenty years that I've been singing?" I did, <laughs> I did see a tweet that was like, "Wait until everyone they find out about System of a Down." Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's because people are saying, "I don't want to listen to your politically charged band anymore." What did you think they were doing this whole time? Have we gotten to the point where people just don't listen to the lyrics? Or the name of the band? Yeah, I guess that's even even better Rage point right there. against the machine? I mean, and the thing to me is, okay, fine, I can understand. There's some, some heavy metal, like death metal stuff, where that you can't understand what they're saying. So fine, whatever, maybe you're enjoying the groove. But at the same time... Uh, system of a down? Listen to Rage. You can hear every word he's saying right now. Let's see. Killing in the name 
has been out since when? So it's 92, I believe. We've had all this time to look up the lyrics. They've had all this time. They've had all this time to look up the lyrics. And now you do what they told you. (sighs) It just seems so bizarre to me sometimes. But then again, wasn't this something that... When Ozzy was on... Was it Ozzy on Post Malone's track? Or am I confusing my stories? Where people are like, oh, he's going to make make this guy big. It's Prince of Darkness, folks. I mean, I just love all the pictures. They're like, conservatives. I don't like that rage has suddenly gotten all political. And then it's like pictures of them burning the American flag. Yeah, that was one of the tweets that they had on here. (laughs) I mean, it's just kind of like they just got political. Like they just did this. It just happened. I'm just wondering. Well, let's go down some of the political things that Rage Against the Machine has done through the years. (laughs) Great. Yeah. The band hired famous filmmaker Michael Moore to direct their music video for Sleep Now in the Fire. Oh, that's the one I have right here. Hold on. Let me make sure I get that going while we're doing this. Hundreds showed up to the New York Stock Exchange when they weren't even supposed to be filming. (laughs) Moore was arrested by the NYPD. He yelled to the band to, quote, take the New York Stock Exchange, unquote. And they did exactly that, along with a few hundred others, forcing the riot doors to come down and halt capitalism for a day. Do people only listen to, like, do, they, do, do you think, here's I think what happened, is that people legitimately don't listen to lyrics anymore because they have the bass turned up so high in their cars. Yeah. It all sounds like this when he's actually singing the lyrics. Please, sleep now in the horror. My expense. Let's go behind the door. I'm party money. And I pretend it was horror. Good lord. All right. We only got through one so far. <laughs> the 2008 DNC in Denver. In August 2008, the band headlined the Tent State Music Festival to end the war. One more time, the name of that, the Tent State Music Festival to end the war during the Democratic National Convention in Denver. After the concert concluded, they joined uniformed veterans from uh, from Iraq veterans against the war in protest, along with thousands of attendees. A five-hour standoff with police ended in Barack Obama's campaign agreeing to meet with the veterans. In 2009, UK residents were fed up with hits from the show The X Factor dominating Christmas singles charts year after year and started a campaign to push Rage's song Killing in the Name to the top spot. They were successful in sticking it to the show host Simon Cowell, causing the band to perform a slightly censored version on Radio 5 Live with proceeds from the campaign going to charity. This eventually led to a free show in London and a small handful of other shows across Europe in the summer of 2010. 1996, hanging American flags upside down on Saturday Night Live. After dropping Evil Empire, Rage Against the Machine were invited to perform on Saturday Night Live with ex-Republican presidential candidate Steve Forbes. Scheduled as the host, the band's two-song set was cut in half after they attempted to hang American flags upside down, a sign of emergency. Oh, God. This one cuts deep. 1997 tour with the Wu-Tang Clan. This makes me sad. 
police forces all across the United States attempted to have their shows banned for, quote, violent and anti-law enforcement philosophies. And, of course, we all know how that goes because I've talked about it a thousand times. Wu-Tang Clan eventually dropped out of the tour anyway. Um, <laughs> On the upside, Rage Against the Machine is now in the Billboard 200. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Top 10 on iTunes. Good. <laughs> Teach the youngins. Yeah. Teach the youngins. If there's ever a time we needed Rage Against the Machine, it's now. Well, yeah, they tried, and then Corona happened. Uh, that yeah. is true. They're like, we Damn knew it. we were needed. We knew we needed. But you know what? You should have came in 2019 then, I guys. I know. Um, it's okay. 2008, Republican National Convention protest in Minneapolis. The day before the show, they attempted to play a surprise set at a free anti-RNC concert, but were stopped by police. Instead, vocalist Zach De La Roca brought a megaphone and led the crowd in singing their songs anyway. 2000, DNC in Los Angeles. I've got this DVD. It's great. Rage played a show during the 2000 Democratic National Convention in protest of the two-party system. And despite pushes from the city of Los Angeles to force them to play a small venue across the city, they were allowed by a judge to play across the street. LAPD security measures included a 12-foot high fence and about 2,000 officers in riot gear. After the performance, numerous attendees provoked police causing them to declare unlawful assembly and a riot broke out, ending in violence and arrest. So, newsflash, folks. Rage Against the Machine has been political all along. What? This isn't something that was hiding underneath the entire time. I mean, you could have just wikipedia it a long time ago where it says, their songs express revolutionary political views. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who knew that was there in their Wikipedia? All right. Uh, this so is great. We've done our civic duty today informing people that Rage Against the Machine actually is a political band. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I feel I need to reiterate this again. I don't vet the sources like Buzz does. <laughs> Respect. Although I don't think he actually does either. I think he really just brings it up just to so people don't question him. Because very early on when I first started on the show five years ago, there was one about polar bear's hair not being white. And everybody questioned him. <laughs> and he threw a fit. So here you go. Random fact number one. <laughs> the temperature inside the Great Pyramid of Giza is 68 degrees regardless of how hot it is outside. It's nice and cool. Random fact, here's a, have either of you, would you go to the pyramids? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Let's say... I, I, think it's, I think it'd be very underwhelming, which would make me sad. I hear that it's very underwhelming because the city is like right there. But then also my first thought is, yo, imagine the food, though, they must have in that town. Heard they're good at making jerky. <laughs> I just, the food was, I probably, I would go just for the culture and the food and then be like, oh yeah, there's pyramids. Yeah. The one weird thing that like Joanna was mentioning with the city being right there is you see those pictures now mm -hmm. from uh -huh. the opposite angle. Yep. And yep. it's truly, I mean, it's like, bam, here you go. Yeah. I'll stick to Luxor in Vegas. There you go. Mm -hmm. uh, Ran fact number two. Oop, where'd he go? There we go. In the comics, Batman carries a chunk of kryptonite in his utility belt 
just in case Superman turns evil. <laughs> oh, and nice. just in case talking about their moms doesn't make them friends. <laughs> I made up that second part. Random fact number three. Nickelback got their name when one of the members was a cashier at Starbucks. People would give him $1.50 to pay for their coffee that cost $1.45, and he would give them a nickel uh, back. Interesting. Random fact number four. If you die in Amsterdam and you don't have any family or next of kin, a poet will write a poem about, about you and recite oh. it at your funeral. Oh, that's nice. That is so nice. Is there any way we could do that? And if you do have family, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I wonder if they have a list, of, if there's a way that you can access like archives of the poems. That'd oh, be God. pretty cool. I'd read that. I'd do something like that, except like you pay me $5 and at your funeral, I will show up wearing all black, carrying a black umbrella and just hide in the back. Yeah. So that your family thinks. Woman. Exactly. You're the mysterious woman. You need, so that people think you died with like a mystery. Yeah. But you need to be carrying like a briefcase or something. Yeah. Like something that makes you look super important. And then have exactly. a guy, not next to you, but 20 yards behind with one of those, like he's in all black with the black glasses and an earpiece in like Secret with like Service. like a Secret Service thing? Yes. 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 Brandon, let's do that. I'll give you like a cut of it. I'm in. Down. So if anybody uh, <laughs> dies and you want that, uh, hook us the up. The fee has now been raised to $10. So yeah, Brandon just, and I can do it. <laughs> yeah, just uh, call the morning show or hit us up over on the Facebook stream and uh, we'll be there. <laughs> and random fact number five. Exxon tried to get into the office supplies market in the 70s and 80s and made products like a typewriter with a floppy disk built in to save what you were typing. They killed off the division in 1984 after they lost more than $1 billion. That's billion, billion with a B. And there's your five random facts for today. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Disneyland is about to reopen. What? You had no idea? I didn't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Joanna has ignored the hundreds of messages that people have sent her to inform her. No, I can't ignore it because the, the little icon that says you have a notification, oh. it annoys me. It annoys me too. And what will happen sometimes is I go through and I just open it to get rid of the notification and then I never go back to it. And then I never read the actual message. The second I saw Disneyland open, I'm like, oh, everyone comes. and their mother sent it to mm -hmm. me as if I didn't already have a Google alert set Here for it. Here it comes. So here's the question. When you're heading out there, I wonder if they're going to give people like Joanna priority. Like, because she technically hope so. already bought the ticket. So I have the app and in the app, it told me uh, if I do plan on going to make reservations so that I'm guaranteed an entry. And then I'm like, but you open the week after I already take my vacation? Like, huh. but so I don't think I'd be would you be willing, willing to go. Would you be, uh, you not, would, wouldn't be? No, I, I live with an 88 year old man. Just quarantine for a couple of weeks. <laughs> He'll be fine. And he, he was already mad the first time because he wasn't going, so. Yeah. Admit it. He was secretly pleased. Yeah. When we told him, oh, it, it's canceled. It closed. He was like, oh, but I saw that little smirk. Yeah. Did. The little little sly smile like, coming out like, of oh, him. I'm so sorry about your trip. <laughs> <laughs> he wheels himself away. <laughs> 
So Disneyland is planning on reopening. <laughs> I have some secrets here that are inside Disneyland because Disney's notorious for having secrets. Yeah. Um, did you know that there's a tiny house at the base of Tarzan's treehouse in Disneyland? You told me that. Yeah. I was there. This was, a, I think, a couple of trips ago. And the kids was uh, too young to ride Indiana Jones. I think the most recent trip, she did ride it and she liked it. But the, tri the trip before, we were like, it's too dark. It's too scary. She's too young. We're not going to do that. So we would go do the single rider. And while my wife was in on the ride... I was waiting out front. So you've got... Oh, you would do that thing where you guys switch? Yes. Okay. So you have... Well, I'm out front. The kid's, you know, crapped out. She's asleep on the, uh, in, the in the stroller. <laughs> and where I'm sitting, this couple comes up and they're like doing this weird thing around me like this. Like kind of... <laughs> and I'm like, you want me to move? So I, I just... I didn't say that. I just got up. So after I got up, all of a sudden they start looking at this one tree and there's a little door and a little chimney coming out. And there was a book called the, I believe it was called The Little Man in Disneyland. Um, where's mm -hmm. the book at? I have a post up. Yeah, The Little Man of Disneyland. And there's a whole article up at buzzadamshow.com if you want to check that out. Along with the, the, this one that I'm talking about where, did you know that most of the American flags are not true American flags in the Disney parks? Hmm. I follow a lot of Disneyland TikTok people, and I did see one of those. And I think one of the flags is the one right at the train station. Yep, that's a, that's a legit flag where they do the whole ceremony. But mm -hmm. all the other American flags in the park are off slightly, so they don't have to follow the American flag guidelines, like flying it at half-mast during certain times or shining a light on them when it's at night. It's their way of skirting around it. And you might be asking yourself, hmm, how is it different? They're either like missing a star or they're missing a stripe. It's just slightly off where it's not really noticeable, but it's enough that they don't have to abide by those guidelines. Did you know there's a dragon in the Animal Kingdom logo? I've never been to Disney World. The reason for this is when they were building Animal Kingdom, there was going to be three areas. One for extinct animals, one for current live animals, and one for mythical animals. Hence the dragon. It was oh, going to be called man. Beastly Kingdom, but it just never ended up happening. But it kept it in the logo. Did you know that there's a secret suite inside Cinderella's castle? Yes. That you're not allowed to stay in mm -hmm. unless you win a contest. However, you can tour it if you got 12 grand. I think there's some Disney star that they let her have her birthday party up there. Well, yeah, there are high profile yeah. celebs that have been allowed in there like Tom Cruise, Mariah Carey. But it's generally reserved for uh, contest winners. Ooh. But the, it is a part of a VIP tour that you can purchase for 12 grand. Disney uses a color that's called Go Away Green. You know what that's used for? Vomit. What? It's used when they are building something, either there's construction going on, or they want you to not focus on something, whether it's a door oh. that leads to like a secret passageway. It's a color that's called Go Away Green because it's so bland, your eyes generally just go right past it. It's a combination of gray and hunter green. 
And you'll and now that I'm pointing it out to you, you'll probably start to notice it in the park a little bit more. Interesting. It's just really I did bland. notice something like that near It's a Small World this last time. Mm-hmm. And I'm all, whoa, there's a door there. Right? And yeah. it's this odd kind uh-huh. of bland color of green. Also, have either of you noticed that when you're walking into Disneyland, the horses sound a lot louder than they normally should? Oh, yeah, should? you hear the clippity-clop. The clippity-clop, yeah. Well, it's done on purpose. The horses in Disney parks have shoes coated in polyurethane. This is to not only help protect their feet, oh. but it also makes it louder on the concrete. Ooh. So there's some Disneyland stuff for, for you. ambiance. Let's uh, talk about Splash Mountain. Apparently, people are finally realizing it's based on a racist movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity And you know what? Now that I think of it, I can't tell what the story is telling when you're in the ride. There's a bunny rabbit, a fox. That's Br'er Rabbit. I don't know what the story is saying. Well, I'm not going to say it on the air, but we'll, you know, let's just say that there's he creates a dummy slash model of himself. Br'er Rabbit does to mm-hmm. confuse the bear and fox. Okay. It's it's a, it's a racist term. I just know that once you hear those crow, those vultures or the crows, yep. I'm like, oh, it's happening. You're going to drop, baby. Yeah. It's going to happen. All right. So what do you think they should turn Splash Mountain into? What would be a good idea? I love Joanna's idea she gave me earlier. Hear me out, you guys. Emperor's New Groove. Yes. I'm and in. then I'm when in. you get to that top of the mountain, you hear, pull the lever, crunk, and then... You drop, and then Zoom. you just hear, wrong leather! <laughs> Why do we even have that leather? Or even that one where, where they're going over the drop, and they go, bring it on. Yeah? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, because remember, there's multiple drops inside the ride. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then the first one, it could be like the one where he's all, oh, yeah, it's all coming together now. There you go. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant idea. I think that they should try to refurbish that thing as a Emperor's New Groove People have given such good ideas for it, though. That is a highly underrated movie. I love that movie. I, I say the same thing. People should see it. David more. Spade, I Patrick Warburton. It. I haven't watched it in John Goodman. Eartha Kitt is Yzma. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's again, that's a really highly underrated Disney movie. So another one that I'm seeing a lot of, and I kind of like it, but I don't know what the drop would be turning into, but is The Princess and the Frog. Okay, I, I can Ooh, see I that being see very that easy because a lot of the ride is already kind of taking place in a swamp. Yeah, and plus just the, I remember when I, this was one of the first movies that I got, I think on like Blu-ray or something. And I just remember the colors and everything that was in it was so bright and vibrant. And just the, um, the backgrounds are so beautiful. And so I think that would look oh, really cool. Oh, that would look cool. nice. Yeah. And they could. The, the drop could be, I think they go through a swamp. With yeah. an alligator. So someone actually put up a whole idea about it and said the surrounding land would be reminiscent of the film and the bayou segment. Um, and they said with shacks and river boats isolating the area into the bayou miniland. Min, uh, mini and they said uh, this lets the area around Winnie the Pooh, um, it can stay as the 100-acre wood. So they like went real deeply into this. <laughs> yeah. They're like the loading area it. could represent the heart of Mama Odie's house. Where the guests would launch into the bayou to get uh, back to New Orleans and break the curse, quote unquote, from the film. And they like this person just was really, really detailed about it. And they're like, so when you do that, 
Yeah, somebody put a lot of thought into this. Oh, that'd be yeah. great because after Splash Mountain, you can head over to that cafe and get yourself some of yeah. those peanuts. Yeah, they're like from the launch all the way down to that first drop. They said the lift in the hills and surrounding area could change into more of the fireflies at night in the oh, foggy swamp. Oh, beautiful. And they said at night you could look at the former fl- Splash Mountain and see the shadows running around as well as the fireflies on it from a, from a distance. So they could catch views of New Orleans as you're making your way around the mountain because it already kind of plays into that. Uh, and they're like, yeah, after you take the wrong turn and you plunge farther into the bayou, that's when you run into the alligators from the film. Uh, Louis and Ray, all of Ray's family could be there. You could be singing Going Down the Bayou. Oh my gosh, I love this. Damn, this one almost fits more perfect, but I really that like Joanna's idea. Yeah, it's like you hear evil laughter. You'll run into Tiana and Naveen on a lily pad oh. together, and they're looking horrified as the shadows and the beats of friends on the other side can be heard. And yeah, so they have like this whole, I like this idea a lot. That uh, does sound nice. Yeah, and they said when you're done, you go around the river and you pass the scene where Tiana and Naveen have transformed back into their human forms. And when you dig a little deeper, it can be heard as the guests are coming out into the grove with a riverboat in the distance. Because yeah, oh, that is that is nice. I that get is, chills. Oh, I would I would completely behind it. And then they said too, is when you leave the ride, they could also rename some of the restaurants in there. And what what restaurant do you think would show up? Tiana's Palace. Tiana's Palace. Yep. You could have one of the restaurants in that area, the French um, Quarter, be named after her. Huh. That'd be great. Uh, yes. And then because they have one. beignets, too, don't they, in Disney? Yes. Yeah. And that was her thing. She was really good at making beignets. Oh, those are good. Oh, I want to well, watch that movie now. That is a good one. Do we have any other info on Disneyland reopening? Um, um, I mean, they, they, they're, they're obviously it's you know you can have to wear a mask, right? Right. Social distancing, stuff Social like that. Social distancing. If you want to get in, make a reservation, and then I think if you're an annual pass holder, they'll have more information for you on that. But if you do want to go as soon as it does open, make your reservations. I've gotten the email. Like if you want to. <laughs> like I'm like, we're look, Disney. It's not like I don't want to. I'm scared. Okay. Hmm. Every time I call for my refund, I'm all, look, you don't have to sell me on the product. I will be back. I promise. I just, I just need my money I now. I just would like my money That's now. That's a whole lot of money that uh, <laughs> I kind of ponied up. Exactly. And I would greatly appreciate that if you would give it but back. But you don't have to sell me. I'm going back. I promise. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Comic-Con. Lisa, I guess they're going virtual. Like, they ha- they're not canceling it. It's just moving, right? Yeah, so this is pretty interesting. Uh, we did hear at first that they were going to be doing Comic-Con, uh, canceling it, saying that because of coronavirus, they were unable to have the event. But now they're saying it's still going to happen. It's going to be happening July 22nd, and but it's going to be virtual this time. So it's going to be happening the 22nd through the 26th. And big news is it's free for everyone. No limits on how many people can attend. So this is really exciting, especially for people who would spend hours upon hours waiting outside of the halls so they could get in and see um, some of their favorite uh, comic book writers, also movies, um, television shows all together in one place. Um, And it's also a challenge for people to get to the event. Uh, But in addition, they say one of the things that people love about Comic-Con are the exclusives. 
limited merchandise that mm-hmm. you can buy there at the convention. So they say they will have plans for an online ex- exhibit hall complete with exhibitors offering promotions, specials, limited edition products that will be unique to the celebration. Uh, They also said they're going to have lots of gaming activities, masquerades that uh, participants, uh, fans can participate at at their own home. So they say they're not exactly giving details on what panels are in the works and how fans will be able to participate because that's one of the reasons people wait out in the hall for the halls is so they can ask the questions to the stars. Uh, so they're figuring that out right now. So m- my assumption is is they're going to have some tickets available. So if you do want those exclusive merchandise, you buy a ticket so you can get into the exhibit hall. Or if you want to, you know, participate in one of the uh, conversations, you can buy a ticket so you can ask a question. Uh, but they're saying uh, online attendees use the hashtag Comic-Con at home and you can get included on all the virtual activities. I remember I biggest cool. convention I have been to was Star Wars Celebration. Sort of in 2011, 2010, I think, uh-huh. actually. And um, yeah, it's, it goes berserk. They had at that convention... John Stewart interviewing George Lucas. So think about how big that was. And I remember I had had driven up, my parents were in town, and we were turning kind of the Star Wars weekend into a Disney World trip Mm -hmm. because they also do Star Wars weekends at um, Hollywood Studios where you show up and it's a separate ticket that you purchase they have a park ticket, and then at like 5 or 6 o'clock, they close the park, and then you have to have your special ticket to get in for um, Star Wars, um, the Star Wars weekends. Right. So that's what we went and did. You can meet uh, different characters, different actors. Uh, Peter Mayhew, rest in peace, the uh, guy who played Chewbacca, he was there when I was there. Um, and it's, it, it's insane going to some of these things. And I remember my parents asking specifically, are you going to go to the... Um, John Stewart, George Lucas panel. And I was like, eh, I doubt it. People had lined up the previous day so that they could get in line to just to, to, to witness that. That was such a huge ordeal because you didn't have to buy an extra ticket. All right. you had to do was have your ticket to the convention. Yeah. And Comic-Con, so just be front in line. Yeah. Comic-Con, the year that I went, I mean, it was just it, part of the thing is I think a lot of people who go to it are going to miss out on is uh, just the atmosphere. So even just mm-hmm. the streets. And I mean, I was lucky enough that one of my friends worked for one of the companies who worked for Blizzard. So he was able to get me in on, in on all the gaming stuff. So we had our passes. But even just that, I mean, the lines to get because I'm not a gamer I don't care. So, I mean, but I went just to hang out with him. And, uh, I mean, the lines, the people were out there waiting. He told me, he's like, oh, yeah, no, they've been here for, like, a good four to six hours. Mm-hmm. Just waiting to get some of these exclusives. And, I mean, and that's not even their big event because they have what's called BlizzCon. Yeah. And so BlizzCon is their major event that they have. But he said, he's like, no, we come to Comic-Con. We do all this stuff. And he, he said, he's like, it's just absolute bananas the entire time that we're here. So I think people are going to miss that aspect of it. And a little bit is, you know, meeting the people. You see some of your favorite cosplayers and you see some of your favorite, uh, you know, gamers that are out there. To which I said, is that Kid 12? I'm very yep. confused. <laughs> and then the cosplayers, I'm like, this is the one you guys are freaking out about. And then I look, I'm like, oh, 3.4 million followers. All right. Yeah. But, I mean, good for them. They're trying to make it happen. They're trying to still have, so, you know, because we're supposed to see the Wonder Woman trailer. 
that's supposed to be happening at Comic-Con. Yeah, it's where they usually unveil mm -hmm. the, the, the big trailers and the big announcements that come with Do you think we'll get the, the Snyder Cut? Like a little trailer for that or no? <sighs> yeah, probably. I want to know I if mean, it's as good as they say it is. I mean, that's something people have been clamoring for. Yeah, let me know if it's that good. <laughs> um, yeah, conventions... It's one of those things where you truly need to be there. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of it, too, is being face-to-face -face with some of these celebrities and being able to right. get your picture taken with them. And, and run stuff into like them. That. Yeah. Because they're on the streets. They're out there just walking around, you know, because they have to get from point A to point B. So they're walking down the streets. And people do. They take pictures with them. It, it's a huge thing. So I, I think this year, it's good that they're making it happen, at least for the fans to get what they need. But... I can't wait to see it come back in person. Yeah, have you ever seen the clips of uh, Brian Cranston walking around in a oh, Walter the Brian White mask? Cranston mask? Yeah, he's wearing his own mask, and it's one of those really super realistic ones, and it's him just traveling, walking around the convention floor, and he's taking pictures with people because of how realistic the mask looks, and then they have the Breaking Bad panel, and he goes up and sits behind the table, and he pops the mask off and oh look it actually is Brian Cranston <laughs> sitting underneath this mask right there oh and I have a feeling I, I, Comic Con's going to probably start to struggle here because if you think about the amount of stuff that would be announced at Comic Con Star Wars or Marvel items right. it's owned by Disney now and Disney D23 has, uh, yeah and Disney has its own convention called D23. So you got to wonder what's going to be left for Comic-Con. Maybe it goes back to being more based on comics like it originally started out as. And everyone has their own events that they do. Mm -hmm. So and even for, like you're saying like with BlizzCon. Yeah, BlizzCon, they have their event, but also they have um yeah, even cuz ABC Family cuz I remember one of the big one of the big panels was Once Upon a Time, the television show, mm -hmm. it, but it was Disney. And so, like, they probably would just move that over there. Um, yeah. But even comic books, because, well, they only own Marvel film. So, yeah, the comic books themselves, I think, would still be a thing. Yeah, it might have to go back to being just comics. So, Do you think we'll ever get to the point where it's, uh, what's his name, Robert Downey Jr. showing up at these conventions all over the country like other people do? Nah, he's too big. That would be cool, though. That would get me to go. If I knew that Robert Downey Jr. was going to be somewhere and I could afford it and it was close enough, that would get me to go. Yeah. So the guy that plays Mayhem, the Allstate commercials, I'm Mayhem. I'm, what's your favorite one, Joanna? I'm a teenage girl. I'm a teenage girl. <laughs> I'm distracted. Yeah. <laughs> then you also have the one where he's the, the flag, the banner that you have waving off of your truck. He plays the vulture. Yeah. On Brooklyn Nine Nine, steals the wedding date. Yeah. So the the premise of the vulture is he works in a different department and he waits for them to do all of the work and then he swoops in and takes the credit for the arrest. <laughs> Hence okay. the vulture, and it's he he plays such a brilliant douchebag in it. At one point, Andy Samberg's character tries to befriend him and he's like, "I love nip slips too, man." And it's all just this random crap protein shakes that he loves. 
11 years ago, he technically died. What? So he woke up one day. He had a fever, wasn't feeling that great. But he really didn't think too much of it. So in real life, he di- he technically died. Yeah, I thought you meant this whole time. Mayhem? I thought you meant like, oh, in one of the commercials, they killed him off, no, and no, then no, he no. just magically came back. No, the guy <gasps> in real life. Eleven years ago, he ended up waking up the following day, and he said he says he was just completely gray, <gasps> and he had a bacterial infection. He, took, he drove himself to his doctor because he didn't want to go to the hospital. This is kind of like what Buzz did when Buzz busted his face. Right. Drove to his doctor, and then they threw him in an ambulance and then sent him to the ER. They did that. As the ambulance was flying down the street to get him to the hospital, his heart stopped. Oh, my God. For two and a half minutes. Whoa. Stop and think about that. For two and a half. Do I have a song here? You could have brain damage at that point. Here we go. This right here. That's your start. When this is over, that will be two and a half minutes. So that's how long his heart was stopped. He said, quote, I was afraid to go to St. Vincent, so I went to my doctor's office on Central Park West, where I collapsed. I was turning black, and my whole head was swelling up. He continued on to say, I died on Fifth Avenue. And that's not the end of the story. That's a good song title. Sorry. I died on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> so he ends up re- recovering. He spends about a month recuperating in his apartment. Did they find out what was wrong? It was, just, it was a bacterial infection. Oh. He ended up developing gangrene. Oh, oh my God. That led to two of his toes and half of his thumb being amputated. He spent 95 days in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. He had a total of 10 procedures that included skin grafts and even having a part of his forearm muscle used to rebuild his right hand. Oh, my God. By the way, we're still at a minute 20 left of this song. Mm -hmm. This is how long his heart was stopped for. Yeah. And he had a bunch of roles. One of which at this time is he had landed a role on 30 Rock. And while he was filming the role, he had casts on both arms and one leg. Mm. But I guess Tina Fey was a big fan of his. So what they did is they just shot him from, you know, kind of the chest up. Uh-huh. And they, as he put it, they basically propped him on a stool to film his scenes. Oh, wow. He's lucky they did that because I feel like in Hollywood they'd be like, oh, well, even though you have all these issues. Yeah, we'll we'll move on to the next person. Yep. So you can check out this article up at buzzadamshow.com. Give all the details on the dude that plays Mayhem technically dying. The actual guy, Joanna, not Mayhem. uh Uh-huh. This whole time I thought thought you just meant like in the commercial. And I'm like, yeah, I could see them killing him off. And then I also insurance thing. (laughs) And then I also put in a video of the best of the vulture. From Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And as we're coming to a close here, right about now is when they would have started his heart back up. So stop and think oh. about that. Like, that's how long it was stopped. Oh, for. my God. I saw this headline yesterday, and it blew my mind. And it's not even a relatively new story. This happened 11 years ago. 
but it's something that I didn't know. Oh, and by the way, his real name is Dean Winters. I should probably put that out there as well. <laughs> That's it's a vulture. Just mayhem. No, I'm Dean, gonna look him up right now. Mayhem. I'm a teenage girl. Dean Winters is his name. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. So I'm thinking of a Monday Mount Rushmore more for Monday when Buzz is back. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Because there was something earlier in the week, and of course I have now misplaced it. I think it was maybe from a couple of days ago where people were ranking the top action heroes of all time. Mm-hmm. And so I figured that might be something that would be interesting for us to do is who would be on the Mount Rushmore of action heroes. I'll give you each two guesses here real quick. See if you can name who was voted as the greatest movie hero ever. John Wick. No. <laughs> no other guesses? Um, Just think of a movie hero. I keep going to superhero and I feel like I know. it's not right. I, thought, I mean, you know. James Bond? Would that, would that count? No. Here were some of the people that made it uh, onto the list. Ripley from Alien, Black Panther, Trinity from The Matrix, Sarah Connor from The Terminator, Marty McFly from Back to the Future, Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games, Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop, and Moana. Moana? Yeah, that's uh, quite the motley crew you got there. Yeah. So, any final guesses? Ooh, that's a hard one. That's oh, did you said. name it? No, those are just some of the ones that made the like made the list. Uh-huh. I haven't mentioned the final like the Harry number one. Harry Potter. No. <laughs> Frodo Baggins. No. Try to think of a hint. Yeah, give us a hint. Yeah, because you didn't help us as much as you expanded our horizons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mention, mentioning all the other ones that made yeah. the list. Oh um, I mean, I technically talked kind of about this person earlier in the show. Mayhem. No, but that'd be great, wouldn't it? The vulture? That dude survived. Yeah, Yeah, he did. Two and a half minutes of his heart stopping. Hmm. I don't know. Think Disneyland. Mickey Mouse. No. Walt Disney. No. The rabbit from Song of the South. No. (laughs) He is kind of a hero, though. Although he does use rather racist techniques to get away from the, the bear and the fox. Um... Disney. Think Disney. Think Ride. Emperor from Emperor's New Groove. No. <laughs> Where was oh, that? Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Indiana Jones. Was I was just named... going through the entire Disneyland park in my head right now. I'm like, right, yeah, make a left. There you go. We're in the frontier land now. Yeah, so Indiana Jones was named as the <laughs> okay. greatest movie hero ever. Cool. So I figured that maybe for uh, Monday coming up, we would do a... Um, Mount Rushmore of the greatest movie heroes. And you know what? If we're going to do it, we can commit to it. And the Buzz can't say anything about it because right. he's not here. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. And finally, a new study shows paying a premium price for quote, quote unquote, super potent weed can actually be a ripoff. In the tests, participants were asked to smoke, get high. First group smoked a weed that was 70 to 90 percent THC. The second smoked weed that was 16 to 24 percent THC. From there, researchers conducted a few tests to check on the neurological impact of the various marijuana strains. And it turns out they said they saw no noticeable difference between the two groups when it came to balance, 
memory, and attention span. Dude, I'm telling you, either something has changed in weed <laughs> or it's just the way that it's always been. Because now that it is more accessible, especially in Oregon where I grew up and I have a lot of family and friends back there, there are people I know that they've smoked since high school. Mm-hmm. But then I also have some friends who never touched the stuff, but once they legalize it, they went to that, which is probably good because some of them, I don't want to say they have an alcohol problem, but you could definitely tell that there was a bit of an issue there. <laughs> um, and now they're just high all the time. No, it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, fu- it's funny. Um, because Brenda's like, I don't want to say it, but it's totally there. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, look, okay. So I got a friend of mine who we would play yeah. video games. And back before everything was legal, he would drink while we were playing video games. And one point, he went outside to, to go, like, pee off his patio because it was just, it was closer <laughs> and he was really drunk. And he fell into the snow outside <laughs> with his pants down. Uh, and then there was another time. But now, but now he gets so stoned, all of a sudden it just gets really quiet. And we, and we don't know if he's playing or not. So we have to like call him out. I'm not going to call him out on name on the air, but it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, hey, you. <laughs> so anyway, so what I, I, my gut, man, I'm telling you, they've changed weed because <laughs> every single person I know that smokes a ton of weed is a conspiracy theorist. What? All of them like believe the gut. Yeah, like, so uh, seriously, they, they changed weed, you guys. <laughs> they did something, man. They're putting it in there because it is, that's my conspiracy theory. Is that they've changed weed because every <laughs> single one of them, and it doesn't matter if they've been smoking since high school or they just recently started smoking, all of them uh, believe the George Soros stuff. They believe that um, it, you know Antifa is a lot larger than it really is, and they're funded by George Soros, and that Hillary Clinton has a pizza parlor where they like it's a pedophile ring. Oh and, right, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. One. See. Oh no. Trust me. I'm friends with them on Facebook. I see it all, man. It's all right there on a daily basis for me. And there's something in the weed that makes you relate to conspiracy theories because it makes you paranoid. Yeah, that's true. I think it has something to do with the paranoia. Yeah. That's what they always say in moderation. I have a friend who smoked so much in high school and they're they're legalizing it everywhere. And he's kind of like, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. It's not cool anymore. (laughs) It's not cool anymore. (laughs) It's like when your parents like all of a sudden allow you to start doing something that you were never able to do. And you're like, no, I really don't want to. The thrill is gone. Yeah. With your news of Lisa Sanchez. Thanks for ruining it. Well, thank you, Lisa. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I'm telling you, there's something about whatever they're doing with marijuana these days. And I, Lisa, I think you talked about this a few months ago. Huh. That there was a story about how weed is now more potent than it used to be. Like they've kind of cranked up the THC in it. But the problem with being able to uh, test whether or not that's true is that there aren't really records to show how potent it was back in the day, right. like 20 years ago or even 15 years ago. We just but have now, to listen to old hippies telling us. Exactly. <laughs> to, uh, They're like, swag is what we smoke. Willie Nelson. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. All the big potheads. But yeah, there was a story, this came out September 12th of last year, and it's talking about how they believe that marijuana is more potent. Now, whether or not that's going to pump up that paranoia, because I'm telling you, man, all my friends, all the ones who have either smoked for years or just recently got into it because it's become legal up in Oregon and Washington and other states, 
They are full in. Like a couple of them were the first ones to share. What was it? Who's the doctor? What was the video a couple weeks ago? She was the virologist who. Oh, I forgot her name. Oh, yeah, Judy the one who something. Something. Ouchie. Yeah, her. They were like the first ones to share that stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, look at this. Oh, the one of Plandemic. Yes, Plandemic. There you go. But they were like the first ones all over that thing. It's not real, folks. Put the pipe down, please. And stop eating the edibles, too, man. Like that. That'll sneak up on you. Edibles are dangerous. Yeah. I've never had one. I heard they're terrible, though. Like, terrible in a good way. Um, I have an interesting story You know story that about story one. Steve Trevino says about... Yeah, eat the leg. Eat the leg. And he sells the shirts. It's got a gummy bear with one leg bitten <laughs> off, and it just says, okay. eat the leg. He means it. Eat yeah. the leg. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, so Steve Trevino, he's actually going to be here in a week, by the way. Oh, yeah. Comedian Steve I Trevino. I to repeat that story, because I love it. It's, yeah. <laughs> and the quick synopsis is basically, he was in Vegas with his father-in-law, and... The person told him who sold it to him. I mean, because it's legal there. So he bought it in a shop. They said, just eat the leg, see what happens. And then maybe you can eat more. And needless to say, his father-in-law just ate the whole thing. (laughs) Nice. I mean, I kind of had something similar. I won't talk about it on the air. Maybe I'll bring it up on the after bus next week. But it had to do with edibles and I... I thought the person said, eat the cookie. No, no, no. They said, have a bite of said cookie. (laughs) And it, that Saturday, man. He's all, have a whole said cookie. I lost a whole day in Vegas. So, you didn't lose it. You found it later on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get to Some movie talk. Joanna, we have a list of the movies that are getting ready to open up, don't we? Yeah, well, AMC and Cinemark are taking steps to be fully open and running again within these next three weeks. So we have one here in town that will be open within the next uh, three weeks or so. Uh, but we have the release, the movies that will be released as soon as movie theaters start opening. Uh, of course, there are some that are already open in other states. So some of these movies come like July 1st, the 10th. The first one will be seen here in town that will be debuting in a movie theater. This Tenant, uh, that opens July 17th. Now, I need you guys to give me a yay or nay on whether you'd be willing to go see this. Okay. Tenant, July 17th. Christopher Nolan movie. I don't know. I mean, I do want to because I really enjoy Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. but I've heard it is a very confusing movie. I saw a report that even the actors didn't know what the movie was about, which... I've seen the trailer maybe five times. I still don't get what it's about. Oh, and a quick side note here. Um, Elvia, Elvia, on the Facebook chat says, Don't agree that all people who smoke are conspiracy theorists. There are many straight people who are firm believers in crazy conspiracies. Now, I'm not saying That's that... That's a good point. I'm but, not, you know. but see, I'm not saying that it's only people who smoke <laughs> weed. I'm just saying... My friends who do are very susceptible to it. That's why Brandon is saying something's different about the weed these days. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying that there's people who are stone sober that don't believe in conspiracy theories. There are. (laughs) But man, I'm telling you, like there's something that's there's something going on there. That's my own conspiracy theory. But anyway, so tenant, I don't know. I mean, I kind of July 17th. 
It might almost be one of those ones that if I'm feeling safe enough or protected enough to go to the movie theater, I might do it just to get out of the house and go see a movie, you know? Right. But I don't know. Give me give me some of the other movies. Maybe maybe some of them will outrank Tenet. Let's start with July 1st. We've got okay. Russell Crowe's new movie, Unhinged. Russell Is it a documentary on his life or... He's looking a little... Unhinged? Unhinged himself. A little bloated. Um, I can't see who it is that did this movie. Uh, but that opens up July 1st. July 10th, The Broken Hearts Gallery. Hmm. Which sounds... It's a Sony Pictures movie and it sounds very... It's... I don't know. It looks... Like the indie movie type deal. Mm. Here's one. July 24th, Mulan. That will probably oh, be one that we'll yeah. go to. I think that we'll probably yeah. book our tickets to that one. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And what was the date on that? July what? July 24th. Okay. Sad story. Disney decides to close down days before my vacation. So to make myself feel better, I buy tickets to the Mulan cereal party at oh. Alabama. And that got closed too, didn't it? Yep. Oi. And then that just made me even more sad. July 31st, Greenland, which stars Gerard Butler. What is that about? Greenland. The film is about a family racing to seek shelter as a planet-killing comet makes its way to Earth and marks the latest entry in a long line of similarly goofy-sounding genre movies for uh, Gerard Butler. Eh, pass. Unless Bruce Willis is an oil oil, uh, driller who's going to be able to go save us. And after that, it's kind of like a free-for-all. Let's see what happens. Because in August, we've got Wonder Woman 1984 that's supposed to be released. Bill and Ted Face the Music, August 21st. Candyman in September. Oh. Oh, and isn't um, isn't Jordan Peele behind that's that? That's the one from Jordan Peele, yeah. That. That might be worth going to go see. And that would be one I would be able to go get a single ticket. Because I don't think there's any chance I'd be able to get my wife to go. <laughs> That's not one I think that she would Yo, be down well, for. I'm social distancing myself in this one. She was watching a trailer for something. I, I don't know what the movie was, but she's like, see, this is something I'd watch. And it's a horror movie. And she goes, because it's like a mystery. But then it shows somebody like coming back to life in a tub filled with water. And oh. I'm like, That's not a mystery. That's supernatural. Girl, that's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. That's like that movie with uh Harrison Ford when he killed the babysitter. What lies beneath? Hmm. <gasps> I can never finish that movie. Did he kill her? Yeah, he totally did. She's the one at the lake? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I can <laughs> never get through that movie for um, some reason. I think out of all of those, Mulan is probably Mulan. going to be the, the, the biggest one. Or the, the one that I will most likely... Just because it would be one for the whole family. If we go see mm-hmm. Tenet or... What was the Russell Crowe one? Unhinged? Unhinged. If we go see that, that's one. those are going to be specific to just me and my wife. Mulan is one that the three of us um, right. could go watch. Uh, Chris over in the Facebook chat says, so one-sided about weed. I'm a big-time weed smoker, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, not paranoid. I smoke to help with anxiety issues and to keep an appetite due to stomach problems I've had since since I was a kid. Don't lump all weed smokers into one group. I'm not. I'm not working in absolutes. You are. That's how you took it. I'm saying that I have friends who are heavy weed smokers, and for some reason, they are more susceptible to conspiracy theories. There's a lot of people I know that are weed smokers that aren't, but I'm telling you, it's like there's got to be something in the weed that they're getting or that they're doing because it's pretty consistent with them. But no, I don't have any problem. I'm, I'm pro marijuana. It should be legalized. Pump the brakes, buddy. 
I'm for you. Especially like, he's like kind of the perfect example where he, if he's able to use marijuana to help with medical issues he's been dealing with, this is a perfect example of why it should all be legalized. Yeah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Oh, man. I had some stuff I wanted to talk about, but then Joanna's got an article she's working on. What's it Did called? Did it intrigue you? Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> I came in here and I was telling him about it. I'm like, I can't think of anything. Uh-huh. But you did give a good example of a book. So that's actually a pretty good good one, too. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Give us the headline. So I saw it trending on Twitter and I decided, hey, let's uh, ask our listeners what they think. So Emily went ahead and posted a picture onto our Facebook pages. If you see it, go ahead and comment. What movie do you wish you could watch again for the very first time? Hmm. If you could go back and see it again and just have that one reaction again. Which movie is it There's that you're watching? There's a couple. Man, I don't like well actually I, I can think of more than a few now that I'm really starting to think about it because the ending of Infinity War and Endgame uh, like yeah. how Infinity War ends and then end game when you get the um, the portals opening up. Oh, and, and the chills uh, on Yeah, that right? Like that was like, th- to see that for the first time was right. just super cool. Um, so I'm going through the comments that people have commented already. A lot of Jurassic Park. Really? Yeah, there's, there's been a ton of those already. I'm doing a whole tally here so I that can't... I can keep track. And Jurassic Park is one of... The ones that a lot of them mention. I just, when Joanna said that, I kept thinking, like, you know what? It's because I don't watch Lisa movies. Lisa doesn't watch movies. Yeah, so which, every which time is Wikipedia the first Wikipedia do you wish you could read again for the first time? <laughs> no, uh, but she gave probably. a good example of a book. Yeah, because when I was little, I remember people kept telling me, you would love Harry Potter if you read it. And I was just being a brat. So I was like, I don't want to read it. I don't want to read it. Finally, I was like, fine, screw it. I'll read it. So I got the book from a friend and I was reading it. And it was the part where they're at the the hut by the sea and mm-hmm. Hagrid takes the owl out of his pocket, writes a little letter and then throws it out into the storm. And I remember thinking in my head, this is such a confusing moment for me. And this is probably the only time I will be confused by this for the rest of my life because yeah. I was so excited. Then, okay, this book looks like I'm actually going to really like it. And then from there, of course I became, I think reading all of the Harry Potter books for the first time, like, especially when mm-hmm. they still work, like, uh, they all hadn't been released yet. Yeah, the first book. one. Yeah, because the first one that I remember reading, or the first one that I, I did read, was um, the Prisoner of Azkaban, nice. and it was because my favorite. Like my dad's job, somebody left the book there or something. He asked me, he's like, was, "Is this something you'd be interested in reading?" And I said, "Sure." And I gobbled that thing up immediately, and it was just—it was such a, a an amazing read. I should reread those again. Uh, Carlos in the Facebook chat has one of the ones that immediately popped into my brain, mm-hmm. The Sixth Sense. That is one that is also voted a lot, The Sixth Sense. Marco says Ghostbusters. Oh, man, I don't want to go back to the first. I mean, if we're if we're watching it for the first time now, cool. If we're going back to the first time we watched it, I don't want to do that. I was five Mm-hmm. And you don't remember your... Oh, no, edge. I do remember. Oh, I was terrified. Oh, you were scared. When those big dogs come out, I was doing this thing. <laughs> you know where you cover your eyes, but you're, you're peeking right. out like that? I did that. Um, Rocky saying Star Wars. I think any of those would be great. Ooh. Ooh someone commented, 
and this is also one that got commented a lot in the pictures. Empire Strikes Back? A lot of Star Wars, but they're not saying which one specifically, but I'm going to assume it's, it's gotta be Empire. Empire Strikes Back. That's the big reveal. Uh, but Usual Suspects. Yes, is so one I'm just that put keeps. that in the Facebook chat as well. Yeah. For so, me, I think it would be The Mist. Oh, solid pick. Just because of that ending. I remember when uh, I first saw it, my instant reaction was, <gasps> gasp. Like that. Just like that. Esther in the Facebook <laughs> chat says The Terminator. Terminator, Terminator, Terminator 2. Terminator is one that gets got a lot of votes. The first too. one. I guess the or first one. Or do you think people are assuming keeps... it's both? I'm, I don't know. I, I felt like maybe I would put it in just one category, Terminator. The one that pops into my brain is Event Horizon. Be- I, I've never seen that one. Oh my, it is. And I think I have it like on my queue. Oh, Joanna, you got to see it. Being a horror movie fan, mm-hmm. I can't believe you haven't seen Event Horizon. It, I, I went to a matinee with a friend. Mm-hmm. And it is so terrifyingly creepy. When we left the theater... The way that it ends, we both had that what the bleep moment. Like where we just, we didn't, didn't even say a word. We just looked at each other. And we knew exactly <laughs> what the other one was thinking. Like, what did we just watch? It is such a good movie. That's how Lisa and I were after we went to see Infinity War. When nobody oh. clapped. And yeah. It was and awkward talking. And we were just Silent. sitting in the car looking at each other like, what did we just watch? Yeah. Silence. We didn't even have music playing. I remember that. We were sitting there just... That's the way that it was when we left Event Horizon because since we saw a matinee, the movie ended, we got up in silence, and then we go outside. And it was even weirder because obviously it takes place in space. Mm -hmm. Uh And then all of a sudden we walk out of the theater and it's super bright outside. So you're kind of doing. Oh, when that sunlight hits. Yeah, you're doing the squint thing. And we're like, ah. And then one of us finally said, What the hell did we just watch? And it, it was an uncomfortable feeling for the entire rest of that day. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Yeah, there's uh, Rosales saying, oh, man, I saw Event Horizon. Oh, on acid. There you go. Tripped well, out. Well, then. Ooh. I would Somebody not recommend said, that. And I think this person also commented in the pictures, a movie I can't watch again for the first time. I can't talk about it. Well, now, obviously, we want to know. Me. Yeah, duh. You can't do that. I feel like that's the second time you've done that. Tell us now. Oh, it's Eli. Eli, come on. Don't don't be a wimp. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, Tracy says Breakfast Club. Ooh, Rudy says Pulp Fiction. Watching that one over again. Pulp Fiction got some votes. Back to the Future also got a few votes. It seems to be getting a lot in the Facebook chat. Yeah. Is that people really want to see that movie again for the first time. What are some of the other movies that people are mentioning? E.T. Uh, oh, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Avatar. Eh. I've never seen Avatar. Yeah, so we can see it for the first time. So <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah, you can still do this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Avatar is a decent movie, but it really had more to do with the technology and the visuals than the actual right. story of everything that was going on there. But yeah, Endgame also got a lot of votes. Yeah, I'm telling you, Joanna. It, yeah, that's a good... Event Horizon mm-hmm. this weekend. Oh, see, and all the, a lot of these uh, kind of horror movies are popping up where they have twists and stuff. Uh, I mentioned this earlier in the week, Ghost Ship and yeah. um, Cabin in the Woods. I love Ghost Ship. 
And, but you've seen Cabin in the Woods, too, yeah, right? Yeah. So these were the two movies, and I, I know I've talked about this on the air before, but these are the two movies that I would, for some reason, always try to watch really late at night. Like, either I would get home from a friend's house, or I, just, I was always tired, and I would get five to ten minutes in. And you know, getting five or ten minutes into either of those movies, it's right when all the stuff starts to happen. Yeah. Especially Ghost Ship, you get to... That's the sound of the, the cable. That's I what see that what is. you did there. Yeah. So... <laughs> Seeing that, I would fall asleep. And then, I mean, it, and it took me easily five to six times before I was able to actually watch those movies in full. And they have phenomenal twists in the middle. Cabin in the Woods? That's a great one. I That is a fantastic, and I mean fantastic movie. Because at one point you're like, where where is this going? Yeah, they, they keep showing the two guys uh, down in the office and they're planning things out. You're like, what do they have to do with this story? I should watch that for the first time. No, it's a scary movie. Mm, I mean, yes I, and no. It's it more has comedy. Scary elements. Scared of hocus pocus, everybody, till the sixth grade. So I don't know why y'all well, think this. But is... you're not in the sixth grade now. <laughs> it's it's got uh, Chris Hemsworth in it. So there's that. There's a little eye candy, a little man meat for you. Uh, I can't people... even remember the last scary movie I went and saw. Endgame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrified me. Um, I can think of a, t- a television show that I wish I could rewatch again for the first time. Uh, the Red Wedding on Game <gasps> of Thrones. Oh yes, that's a great one. Because if I would have known, I wish somebody would have recorded it. Yes, because I hadn't read the books. I read the books after the fact of the Red Wedding. One of my friends during quarantine, he just started watching Game of Thrones, Ooh. and nobody told him about it. He goes, "What?" <laughs> Just angry text messages coming through. How could you not warn me? Yeah, nobody warned him. And but then I feel bad because now everyone's ruining everything else for him. They're like, oh, so you know, well then such and such happens. He goes, dude, not to that not to that season yet. Had no idea that that happened. <laughs> a lot of people saying the descent in huh. the Facebook chat. That is a good one for sure. I think there's some people at this point that are just listing movies. The whole point is, which, what, what movies do you wish you could go back and watch for the first time? And any of the ones that have a crazy twist, um, The Crying Game. You know, you know the twist on that one, right? Never seen it. It's a dude. Just remember, <laughs> remember that. Okay. It's, a, it's a guy. Oh, Okay. Um, or at least it's got the he's got the equipment. She's got the I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble for this. <laughs> but you know, you know what you know where I'm going. Okay. Um, ooh, Eli says it's uh, Fight Club. That oh, that would I be a really good one. Oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. that is, that a, is good a good one. one. And I didn't see that commented on anything. You write that down now. Yeah. Hell yeah. Logan says the first Saw movie. Oh, yeah, the twist yes. at the end. That is a good one. Yeah, pretty much anything that's got a really solid twist. M. Night Shyamalan movies are you know, probably going to be pretty good for that. That Fight Club twist was really unexpected. And of course, now people jump in. Oh, uh, oh Braveheart. Ooh, that one did get a few votes on, on the pictures. I can't, that get my, I can't get my wife to watch that, man. <laughs> no. I'm trying hard. Oh, side note. Huh. The trailer you said that she was watching where she's like, oh, I could watch this one. Yes. Was it You Should Have Left? Yes. 
Okay. Yes, that one. I was looking it up. Yeah, she's like, oh, she's like, this is just like a, it's like a mystery. It's not that big a deal. And then it shows the, you know, the chick that come out of this bathtub. bathtub. And I'm like, that's supernatural. Well, girl, that's a ghost. Yeah. She did. I think almost the vast majority here are going to be. Um, Someone said Buzz spoiled Six Sense for them. I wonder if that happened Which I back. Believe. I would imagine if that happened like back then, right? Yeah, I could see that. He spoils everything for he does. everyone. He does. That yeah. was like when he made me mad right before we went to go see Infinity War, and then I called him and left him the voicemail like, "I'm not that mad anymore." By the way, Loki dies. Click and a hug. She did do that. <laughs> Payback's a bitch. So am I. <laughs> and he was like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> and he comes back and we're all, what do we say? Oh, that's still worth it. I wish I could do it again. <laughs> Lisa's like, I wish I could spoil that for Buzz. Yeah, you again. know what? I wish I could relive that moment again for the first time. <laughs> when I got to ruin something for Buzz. Somebody's at Final Destination. Was there a plot twist ending? Mm, there was no final destination? I don't know if there's necessarily I think a... like in the beginning where you find out that it was a dream that he had and you're kind of like, oh, it, it didn't really happen. He survives it and then they, the rest of the people on the plane don't survive it. Yes. I thought that was a pretty good twist. I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Final Destination. Was that movie 21 years old at this point? I think so. Carla says the never-ending story... Spoiler alert, it ends. <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie. But I don't want to burst your bubble if nobody's ever seen that one. It ends. A, yeah. uh, oh, this was, this was a bit that, that I, I found the intro for for Buzz because he is pretty notorious. There was somebody, like, he ruined the end of Wolverine. Or I'm not sorry. Well, oh, uh, Logan. Logan. Yeah. I yes, he that. did. He, we were was, all so mad at him. Oh, my God. So yeah, I told you, crying game. Crying, crying game, game, Joanna. Okay. I'm telling you. Just giving you a heads up now. It's, uh, <laughs> it's quite the twist at the end there. So, yeah, if you have any movies that you wish you could watch again for the very first time, oh, let us know in the chat. Louie just brought one up in the chat that I hadn't thought of that was brilliant. The Departed. Oh, that is a good one. Oh man, the ending of that one is crazy. Yeah, so you know, bring oh, yeah, them. Oh yeah, yeah. So bring them on the Facebook chat so Joanna can get these for her article mm-hmm. uh, of what movies you wish you could watch again for the first time. Coming up before we wrap up this Friday edition of the Buzz Adams Morning Show, I was hoping to talk with this uh, with Kathy, but he just texted me, said that he's having some connectivity issues. <laughs> Sorry, but it was. Uh, I just remembered Parks, Parks and Rec. And Rec. Yeah. <laughs> It says network, here, connectivity yeah, network connectivity issues? issues. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We are Sans Kaplowitz for today. Network connectivity problems is what we have been told. We're going to do a Monday Mount Rushmore though. Coming up on Monday, we're going anti heroes. If you have any idea, if a uh, thought pops into your head over the weekend, give us a call on the neckline, 844-805-6325. You can always drop us a message over on Facebook at Buzz Adams Morning Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Buzz Adams Show. You know who I'm going with? Who I think my top two got to be? Who? Tony Soprano and Walter White. 
Oh, those are good ones. I have a list here for men's health of who their top anti-heroes are. Number one is Tony Soprano on their list. You know who number two is? Who? The gang from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> All of them. That's pretty funny. <laughs> number three was Walter White on their list. Joanna, number four is just for you. Hey. Don Draper. Oh. You know, as much as I love John Hamm, never seen Mad Men. Really? Never seen it. That actually shocks me. Big time. I think I tried watching it and I just couldn't get through those first few episodes. Mm -hmm. So if anybody who's seen it, what season should I start with? Oh yeah, do we have a Parks and Rec situation <laughs> going here where it's just, hey, jump to season three? I started Mad Men and I actually, I didn't dislike it. I liked it, but I just found myself watching other things. Boom, same thing happened to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I got through maybe four or five episodes. Actually, maybe there. even more of that. Might have been the first season. Yeah, I think I got like into season two, and I I liked it. I was invested, but I I found other shows that were kind of distracting me. So I think I just stopped watching. That's pretty much what happened with me with Mad Men. Uh, another name on this list of uh, anti heroes on Men's Health: Marty Bird from Ozark. Have either of you seen Ozark? No. Definitely worth checking out. It has a very big Breaking Bad vibe to it. But it's brilliantly done. It has a few of the characters from The Wire listed in here. Stringer, who's played by... Anybody seen The Wire? No. Idris Elba. Oh, hey. oh, okay. And then you also have Omar, played by Michael K. Williams. He's arguably one of my favorite television characters of all time. Just the way that that character was written and acted is just amazing. If you've never seen The Wire, definitely. I mean, that's arguably one of the best ones out there. What are the names of the guys in the Boondock Saints? Um, it's the McManus brothers. I can't remember their actual names. I can't though. remember their names either, but I would choose them. Oh, and kind of going on a side note here, when I'm talking about just my favorite television characters of all time, this doesn't have anything to do with the Mount Rushmore that we're doing, because there's Omar from The Wire... And Bill Haverchuk from Freaks and Geeks. If you've never seen Freaks and Geeks, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's where a lot of those guys got their start. Seth Rogen, James Franco. Oh, you know, I have a question for you. Yeah. I was watching there. I went to dinner with a friend and we, there was a movie that was playing <laughs> and we didn't know what movie it was. But just all these different stars kept showing up in it. And we're like, what the hell is this movie? <laughs> and it was like, OK, Ryan Phillippe was in it. Um, that chick that plays the best friend on Princess Diaries. She's in it. Uh, Selma Hayek was in it. Um, gosh, that dude who... <sighs> He's a ginger. Oh, I can't think. It's like this. I don't Carrot even. Top? No. <laughs> I can't think what other movies he's in, but he's in the movie about recycling on Disney. It was a Disney Channel original movie. Is it, was the the one you're talking about? Is it an older movie? Yeah, yeah, it's an older movie because it was a young Selma Hayek, a young Ryan Phillippe, uh, a young whatever Heather Mataranzo. I think her last name is. Okay. And with all these different stars kept showing up in this Did movie. Did it also have Mike Myers? Was it 54? Yeah, that's the one that popped up. Yeah. Really? Is that what it was? Was it Did taking it have... place kind of like back in the 70s? 
I don't know if it was the 70s. Maybe. Were they partying? It, it was in a city. Yes, there was a lot of partying. Yeah, involved. that would be 54. It's all about Studio 54. <sighs> and that came out. <laughs> wow, yeah, that is 22 years old that movie is. Think oh about that. Oh my God. See, and that's because we couldn't figure out what it was. And we're just kind of talking, all of us. And we looked over like, what the heck? Ryan Phillippe, Salma Hayek, Nev Campbell, Mike Myers, Breckenmeyer. Yeah, Breckenmeyer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Breckenmeyer, I remember from Clueless. Gosh, now who's the ginge? Now I'm confused about the ginger. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, see, it was like a stacked lineup. That's why we were getting so confused. We're like, I don't even know what this movie is, but I'm going to watch it. (laughs) Donald Trump is in it, too. (laughs) Yes, I did see that scene. Yeah, we were so confused. And I finally, like, at one point, I was like, I'm not even listening to you guys anymore. I'm just watching to see who's going to show up next in this movie. (laughs) Um, anyway, sorry, continue with the conversation. Oh, Mary in the Facebook chat says, what is the name of the movie you mentioned that's creepy? Something Horizon, Event Horizon. And I think it's available on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. It's available on one of the, the streaming platforms. Right, I know I have it in a queue somewhere. Yeah, it's in, it says it's on Netflix. Yeah, watch it, Joanna. Uh, well, I'm going to watch it. It is... I'm telling you, man. It's, it's, it's one of those movies that's just... it's. It's creepy. And it gives you that a real unsettling feeling when it's all said and done and over with. Um, a couple more anti-heroes. Dexter. Did anybody ever watch Dexter? Um, no. Part of the first season. It, once again, it was good. But and also the actress, I could not think of anything except for the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes. And she scared me, the, so I, I couldn't watch it. The sister? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, she scares and, me. See, I I didn't like her because it truly felt like, oh, we need we need to have a female character come off as strong like a man, so we're just gonna have her curse. And it was it 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 felt so disingenuous to me. Um it was a great storyline. I thought it was really good. I just I could not get past that character. A couple other options here. Again, this is for our Monday Mount Rushmore that we're gonna be doing in a couple of days. Uh, Dr. Gregory House as an anti-hero. Ooh, that's a good one. I did like that show. And another one on this list, they they have The Mandalorian. Is he oh, really yeah. an anti-hero? I mean, he's a bounty hunter. Yeah. So would that classify? I would say yes, just because, yeah, it, it, in the beginning, he just goes out and captures people and okay. gives them, no matter if they're good, they're bad, whoever, he does it for the money. And then... And now he meets he's had a, a change of heart. Now he has a baby. Little baby Yoda. A child. Which reminds me, Joanna, how are you not creeped out by those photos? Or no, a little creepy, yeah. There's like full-on groups online where they treat baby Yodas like babies. That's weird. That's uh, really weird. I would like to see the child. Why do people have to do stuff like that? Apparently there's a new prank going around TikTok. Are you familiar with this one, Joanna? You're a TikTok expert. Um, that has to do with Starbucks? No. And it has to do with ordering drinks and the girlfriend coming up with something weird simply to get the boyfriend to say something weird. Anything else? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'll have a pinkity drinkity for the lady. What is that? A uh, pinkity drinkity. The the pink drink? If that's what it's, yeah. Josh. <laughs> She set me up. Okay. 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 Dang it. That's funny. <laughs> Pinkity drinkity. Yeah. So what apparently is happening is women will make up 
a new name for something to uh-huh. embarrass their boyfriend or husband when he has to go order it. I, I was like hoping to, to do this. I was hoping to do this with Cappy, but mm-hmm. connectivity issues <laughs> have made it so he's not able to come in. But they have a list of the eight lifestyle changes people make when they become parents. Ooh, that's interesting. So let's see if any of us, <clears throat> me being the one parent, Joanna, kind of a pseudo parent. Yeah. To the nephews. So according to a new survey, four out of five people say their lifestyle completely changed once they had kids. And here are the eight most common ways. Number one, they stopped going out late. Mm. I wasn't really going out late before <laughs> that. Um, well, I'm not the mother for reals, so that's not stopping me. Yeah, I mean, it was this was but something But I, I that, do notice that like my sister would be like, no, I, I can't go. When I invite her out, she's like, no, well, I'm going to stay with the kids. Got to take care of the kids. And then I'm just like, okay, bye. <laughs> Hey, at my wedding though, last two on the dance floor, the barbacoas. Yeah, we still went out after that. Yeah, they were they were not leaving until they got kicked out. And even then, <laughs> we still had that place for like another forty five minutes. I know, but the bar was going to be closing soon. We needed parking. That's true. <laughs> Second one on this list: made serious efforts to save money. Mm. Um, I'd say I'm definitely saving more money now. Than I was before because I am thinking more about the future. I'm wasting more money on children that aren't mine. <laughs> like, trips my, to, like trips to Disneyland that yeah. you're not even going to get to go on. Or when my sister works and they're like, hey, what's for dinner? And I'm all, screw it, pizza. There you go. Dude, when we were talking about in quarantine, I was telling my, my friend Jen, I was like, oh, I've saved so much money because, you know, you're not buying clothes. You're mm-hmm. not going out. You're not going to get food. She goes, I've spent so much money because she has kids. And she goes, here, look, I got you another puzzle. Here, look, I got you another yep. art project. Here, look, I got you. And she's like, I am just yeah. spending money like nobody's business. She's like, but it's just, please do something. Keep busy. Yeah, trying to find something to keep the kids occupied. Mm-hmm. Third one on this list. These are the eight lifestyle changes people make when they become parents. Got a steady job. Now, I had a steady job long before I had a kid. And you both have steady jobs. Yeah. Yeah. It's mainly because I have to keep feeding my cats. I got a feeling if you're getting... It's expensive. I got a feeling if you're getting a steady job because you had a kid, that kid probably wasn't planned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh (laughs) Number four, uh, saved to buy a house. Yeah, I could see that. Because maybe if you have kids and they're starting to get older, you need more room, need more space. You got to expand a little bit, need a larger house. True, true. Number five on this list, cut out irresponsible friends. I'm the irresponsible friend. (laughs) Joanna is that friend. I don't know if I cut them out, but I also moved away from all the friends that used to get me in trouble. (laughs) Or the the ones that, going back to number one, stopped going out late. All the friends that I would stay up with. I guess the the thing that was really affecting that, it doesn't have to do with irresponsible friends or going out late. It would be maybe staying up late to play video games with my friends online. Mm-hmm. Number six, started going to the doctor more regularly. I think that's been pretty consistent my entire yeah, adult life. If something that, hurts or if I'm sick, I go to the doctor. I don't go any more than I usually would. Although I'm 
starting to slip into that age group where you need to start going on a regular basis. Not looking forward to that. Number seven, <laughs> started reading the ingredients on food labels. Man, we started doing that big time because we were trying to see just how much sugar our kid was getting <laughs> in a normal day. Uh-huh. And if you're not really paying attention, it's a lot. Yeah, it'll slip in there. If yeah, you notice. and you're like, oh, like I'm not really like if you don't think about it or you're not checking it, it's your kid is probably getting a ton of sugar. And the last one on this list moved out of the city. Hmm. I guess that would be more for people who maybe lived in a downtown area, had oh, an apartment, moved to the suburbs. Exactly, and then when you have a kid, you eventually kind of move out so that you're able to have more space for the kid. Maybe you're going to get yourself a a pet. I already had a dog, though. Um, ooh. Alex put Venom on the list for potential anti-heroes. You know what? I liked that movie. I thought it was cute. It was funny. I got uh, so much hate. And Elsa says the Punisher is the best anti-hero. That is nice. a really oh, good anti-hero. Yeah. Huh? Possibly the George Washington. See, I think the George Washington... I mean, granted, the Punisher's been around a lot longer. I almost think the George Washington would be Tony Soprano. Okay. But that's just obviously me thinking it out. So again, if you want to let us know, if you want to kind of give us a heads up over the weekend for... Your Mount Rushmore of anti-heroes, give us a call on the neckline, 844-805-6325. Give us a call, leave us a message. You can always head on over to the Buzz Adams Morning Show Facebook page and send us a message over there. Or if you would like, you can hit us up on Twitter. It is at Buzz Adams Show. On that note, it's time to wrap up this whole week. Buzz is back on Monday. So if you feel the need to jump into the Facebook chat to inform us that since Buzz isn't here, you're tuning out. Oh, my God. You can tune back in on Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that always boggles my mind. Buzz isn't here. I'm leaving. Okay. Comes back next day. Yeah. Buzz still not here. Buzz still isn't here. Yeah, we said that yesterday. You would have heard that if you stayed wow. tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got anything uh, big planned for the weekend? I'm off next week. There oh, you, you go. are. Sorry, Joanna. Oh, at least you're in here. You're not with Buzz. That's true. You can come hang out in here if you'd like. Awesome. Because Buzz... Oh. Well, you worked with him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, have yourself a great weekend. We'll be back Monday morning. Mount Rushmore, anti-hero.